Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent into Kingston, Jamaica. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also, this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners. Welcome to the show Culturama with Diva. And I am your host, Diva, from the beautiful Caribbean island of Jamaica. With me, I have a very special guest in studios, all the way from Guyana, for my What Do You Do segment. Welcome, Mr. Roy Maynard. Hi, Roy. Hi, Tanika. Thanks for having me on. So, tell us, who is Roy Maynard? If you were to define me by my profession, would say that I'm a teacher and a journalist by profession. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Okay. I teach at a secondary school in Georgetown. As a matter of fact, that's where I first started in streets. I'm a French teacher. But that is after leaving my job as a print journalist. So this is our segment called What Do You Do? Where I try to motivate the young people in society, different countries, you know, to find their professions and um, try not to get lost in the dark. So regarding a journalist, what was it like being a journalist? Well, I think that your listeners should know or should realize what I'm saying. So all of my working life, as a journalist working for a company, I had to be traveling up and down the country looking for stories because I was paid according to the stories that I did. And I found it challenging here, but people were so fascinated with me. And from that, I learned that you need not be afraid to step out on your own to be a little adventurous, you know, because before you set out, you might put your disability and your limitations ahead and think that things might be difficult. But when you step into the actual experience, you find that there is so much help and so much goodwill out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was into print journalism. I used to do what we call Article, not hard news, not the news that comes up today and dies today. We did human interest features, and that is where you delve in depth into the whys and the wherefores behind the activities and try to give the reader a deep perspective behind the events that they observe or they read about. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. 
And that is the course I pursued at the university, as a matter of fact. It's called um, public communication. Mm -hmm. Journalism. So what are some of the drawbacks and the benefits of being a journalist? Well, I left the question about 20 years ago. So I cannot speak to what obtains now. But in the past, drawback. Yes, I was limited in certain respects. For example, in doing television programs and so on. Mm -hmm. But radio and print, I I can't think about any drawbacks. Mm -hmm. I the pluses were many because I was able to rub shoulders with the top people in society, from the president, wow. right up. And so I was known all over because in as much as you might be a poor journalist, the highest official out there wants to get his point of view over to the public. And so people are willing to meet with me. People were willing to meet with me. May I call him up and say, I'm Roy Maynard from such and such an agency. May I speak to the mayor? And right away they put you on and it's, sir, um, I'm doing a feature article on collection of garbage and I would like to have your perspective and so on with you grant me it. And so they are willing, the powers that be are willing to move. So because of that I was able to do a lot. So before we get to your other profession you mentioned about featured articles. How difficult was it for you to get these people because, you know, these people are busy people, you know, top high class society, you know, any instrument to use in conducting these interviews on a whole? Well, it wasn't difficult. You see, the type of difficulty you might get would be what the ordinary person might face having to approach. But there's something about journalism. There's something about being in a medium that puts people in contact with the public. And so just being a journalist, sometimes it opens doors to you. And uh, what I found was that if you treat the people with respect, because some journalists, because they're called journalists, they want to be, how should I say, like, arrogant. Hmm. So if you treat people with respect and with humility, they work with you. It's not, it's not difficult, uh, or it was not, I should say. You call up the commission of police, you call anybody. Because what happens sometimes, I mean, the people that you might be trying to meet, might be having a bad press. They might have some publicity that they might consider bad publicity and they want to clarify it in the public thing. Mm -hmm. And so they were willing to meet with me. That's that has been my experience. Okay. Now on to your second profession. You are a teacher of history, Cape history, uh, Caribbean studies and French. Tell us about 
Well, I started out as a French teacher after I graduated from the university in BC. I, prior to that, as I said, I was a journalist, but what happened at that time, the political climate in Guyana was kind of tense. So, the leading newspaper at the time was government-owned, state-owned, and the editor-in-chief asked me to come work for them after I graduated from them. But an election was coming up, and the incumbent government at the time was using the that particular newspaper as a mouthpiece. And so any journalist associated with that would have been automatically um, would have been colored as a supporter of the government and so on, right? Or the party in power. And I didn't want to get my name dirty with any political affiliation. So I said, let me come out of journalism and go into and um, because I studied French at the university and elsewhere, and there's a great scarcity of French teachers in Guyana, um, right away I got the job at one of the leading secondary schools in Georgetown. Uh, they would say that it's the third highest because um, based upon how the marks are allocated at the common entrance. Um, you have Queen's College, you have bishops, and then you have things. So I thought that since I taught it for nine years, where I got um, 100% passes, I came, CXC left, and I was the first blind person to teach in the mainstream school system. And um, I, when I resigned my job in 2007, I resigned as head of department, modern foreign language. So I had a supervisory position that was two steps away from being the head teacher. Nice. The you know, but I chose to be part of something. man, my experience as a teacher was wonderful. Um, it always seems to be wonderful, you know? Mm-hmm. The children there, Tell you the truth, I did not realize how popular I was. <laughs> two, two things happened. Um, when they appointed me as head of department for the languages, I was already teaching at the school for about two years, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of the term, the first assembly that they had, they had teacher was introducing new staff and people that got promoted up mm-hmm. at the assembly of the students, the general assembly. And when he announced that um, and Mr. Roy Maynard has been appointed as head of department mother for language, the school erupted in applause and celebration. Right? And the other thing, um, one time we had the opportunity to sports in the house. And um, well, um, I was at a meeting with the teachers and students of our house. Because we had four houses in the school, so part, one quarter of the students would have been present. And the housemaster was introducing the, the teachers who are in that particular house. And when he came to my name, the same experience. After that incident, I went back to the staff room and I sat and I said, you know, I never thought of myself as having such an impact on this life. So, as a teacher, 
I have to realize that the students are observing whether they tell you or not. And something I was doing was having such a positive impact on them. And I decided, hey, um, now that I'm aware that they're observing me so closely, I better um, try to be even better than I was before, you know. Yeah, man, my, my days at Saints were lovely. So, tell us now, sir, uh, a few things in French, like the basic French. <laughs> basic French. Conjugations. Well, yeah, well, for every language. And, by the way, I speak Portuguese and French, and I'm teaching myself a uh, Semitic language. It's not language I chose Semitic language. Is that I'm interested in... Uh, Middle Eastern and Biblical studies, right? And mm -hmm. the Bible Semitic language. And in learning a foreign language, you find that basic things fall in place as you spoke about verb conjugation. Like some some languages are verb based. And so long as you master the conjugation of the verbs and um, some of the other nuances of language which speaking English doesn't really prepare you for some of these nuances that you find there in other languages, right? French, people to say it was very challenging. Maybe <laughs> it is. Um, I don't like but French they say myself. That French, <laughs> okay. They say that French is a romantic language. I heard them say it's a language. I don't know. But, I like speaking it, I like teaching it, and um, the basics of the language, like greetings and salutation, you know, you would have learned that in school, like you ask somebody their name, you, you know, come up with something, come up with something, bonjour mademoiselle, bonjour monsieur, you know, you start out with basic things like that, and mm -hmm. it make it interesting. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you start with the technical stuff, you find that you'll, you'll kind of lose. Now, what I find is the modern CXC syllabus is not based on technicality of the language, but the functional aspect of the language. How you get by a store, how you get by a bus stop, asking directions, what you a restaurant, people, that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. so that's it. So tell us about the conjugations like the ENS, EZ, ENT, ONS, the AR, the oh, IR yeah, verbs. Yeah, well, what you find is that um, French, like other uh, Romance languages, they follow the conjugation pattern where the male, females, singular, and plural have different conjugations. And with French, you have the ER verb, which is verbs ending ER, and that was will be like 90% of verbs. And so long as you learn to conjugate one ER verb, you learn to conjugate them all. So, um, for the first person singular, you just have to ensure that it ends in the first person. So, you know, second person AES, third person, you know, first person plural ONS. Second person, plural, he said, and 
that person thoroughly empty. And those simple formulae will help you to learn the language. Now, um, I don't know how wide your audience is, but you know, um, learning French and any mother language for that. It's such an easy process nowadays. You can go on the internet and be this. YouTube. You know? <laughs> yeah, you can go on YouTube and get lots of material. I think YouTube would make the profession of teaching popular. So. Mm. Because you have so much out there that you can learn. So you also teach Caribbean studies and history. Tell us the difference between those two. Is, it, is there a difference? Well, um, Caribbean studies is really a mixture of it. You have history in there. You have sociology in there. You have um, culture. Right? So Caribbean studies covers everything. And it's a very exciting field of study. Uh, it is one of the subjects that are um, compulsory if the student wants to get the associate degree in um, Caribbean history, Cape history. Um, I like it because what happens is it's a step up from what you learn in the CXC program where Columbus discovered the West the Europeans brought the African to Spain. So you're not just talking about events or you're being analytical. You're trying to find out the forces behind events. Mm -hmm. And then you are trying to analyze the representation that some historical facts are given in some books. You find that some people uh, reports stop because they're prejudiced in one direction or prejudiced against a certain type of people. So the historian or the student at the game level now is, in, uh, is encouraged to use his brain as an analyst, to analyze history, not just report on facts, but see the, real, the reliability of the source. And, um, try and find out also forces that shape our present world because what we are, who we are, what we do, all of these things have been determined long ago by what we experience. And so history now helps us to understand how what we are at present by pointing us to what comes here in the past, you know? Mm -hmm. So can you give us a brief history of Guyana before we wrap up the show? Yeah, no, um, first of all, let's give you a little bit of geography of Guyana because even though we're part of Caricom and regarded as part of the Caribbean, we're really on the South American mainland. And um, Guyana was colonized by the major European powers in turn, you know. You had the Spanish, the Dutch, the French, and then the British, and then after emancipation in uh, 1830, I'm oh, sorry, 1830 or 1830 is the funny perspective. Um, we came, the, 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 the slaves got together and started to form these three villages. Mm -hmm. um, the, the slaves 
refused to work on the plantation, however, and so the English people brought in some indentured laborers, predominantly from India. And so you have this racial mix in Guyana where um, the largest racial group is the Indian, and then you have the Africans, and then you have Guyana has a very large Amerindian population, unlike other uh, islands, I think, is greater or lesser Antilles, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we gained independence in 1966, so that makes us how old? About three years old. Mm-hmm. As an independent nation, now we are one of the few republics in the Caribbean, which means that we don't have a governor general. Queen is not our head of state. You don't? No, our no. head of state is a, is, a, is a Guyanese. We have an executive president. All right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Guyana is a country rich in natural mineral resources. You know, in a year or two, you're pumping oil. I guess we would be the Saudi Arabia of the hemisphere because the amount of oil that ExxonMobil has um, discovered. The other day, I heard them saying about five billion barrels of oil. Uh, you know, two wells they have there, and they're still exploring. Mm-hmm. So, I guess when Ben start to pump pump its oil, it might have an impact on the price of oil worldwide. Maybe the price of oil will drop. Unlike Trinidad, which produces maybe like how much, fifty, sixty thousand barrels a day, mm-hmm. Guyana will be. At its peak, we were producing about half a million barrels. Really? Yes. Guyana has a great future. And finally, Mr. Maynard, what advice would you give to these young students, university, you know, high school, in terms of their Um, choosing their career choice? The thing about it is, I found very few students who want to know. Uh, who know what they want at a very early age. And variously, I heard people criticize them for that. But I would say to them, look, if at this point in your life you're not sure about what you want, don't let that discourage you or don't believe that that might be because you're aimless. What happens is that. A lot of people that are multi-talented are like, you find that you're good at music, you're good at modern language, you're good at math, you're good at this or you're good at that, and you tend to get positive results solo. Um, but there comes a time, maybe in your late teens, when you have to settle down and say, this is what I want to be, and that is what you'll be for the rest of your life. So in choosing a career for yourself, even if at first you don't know what you want, by the time you're seven, maybe at least, you should be able to channel your energies and go um, some particular direction and um, find yourself, you know, find a niche in life. Because that is going to affect the quality of your life. You know, as I think was uh, William Wordsworth, I don't want to called the wrong name, but he has a line in his poem that says, the child is the father of the man. Yeah. 
you know, and that might sound par- paradoxical because, of course, we know the man is the father of the child. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is that what you do as a determines what happens to you as an adult. So the child is the father of the man. So in your late teens, try and find yourself, you know, and then that would tell you what will be for the rest of your life. Thank you so much, Mr. Maynard. Do you mind saying something Thank in French? Very much. Ah, oui, mademoiselle. Je pense que tu es très fort maintenant. Je souhaite que ce programme sera très grand à l'avenir. Je souhaite que les peuples vont répondre très positif au interview Would you mind translating so, for people? So what I said, I said thank you very much. Um, yes, I think you're very fantastic. You went trend for me now. I think that this program will grow and become big in the future and I hope that um, you know the people will respond Thank you so much, Mr. Maynard, for taking the time out to participate in the What Do You Do interview. This has been the show Culturama with Devo, where simplicity is the best thing. Join me next Sunday for another episode. Life is a journey. Live good, love God. One heart, let's get together and feel good. big thank you to my studio engineers, Mr. Sidney Thorpe from Kingston, Jamaica, Mr. Damien Rose from Kingston, Jamaica, and Mr. Gary Kemmer from Monroe, Louisiana. Thank you guys for ensuring that the production goes well. Yeah.